to get ready for our Father's Day teaching. And you might want to write down the, the subject that we're going to share with you this morning. Um, I think the teaching that we're going to share this morning is going to bless many people's lives. We're going to be sharing this morning from the thought, the secret power of fatherhood. The secret power of fatherhood. And it is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8. I'm going to read that to you. Chapter 6 from Philippians 4 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And then verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's where we're going to be teaching from this morning. I believe we can do that in a, a short period of time, but I want you to do something with me. If there's someone else in the room with you right now, I want you to look at them. And if you're by yourself, repeat this with me out loud to the other person with you. Or if you're by yourself, repeat it out loud so that you can hear yourself say this. To know the Father, to know the Father is the manual is the manual to the Father. To the Father. Let me say that again. To know the Father. To know the Father is the manual, is the manual to, the fa to fatherhood. To fatherhood. Amen. 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 Fathers, bear with me for a moment. I, I'm going to start in a tough place, but we're only going to be there for a moment. And we're on our way to some truly exciting news for fathers. Uh, let, let me start here. One of the most untalked about and even unacknowledged areas of need among men and fathers is the fact that men, and especially fathers, rarely acknowledge or talk about how inadequate they feel as they become either husbands or fathers or both. As men, we got to acknowledge the fact that we're uncomfortable talking about, we're very comfortable talking about the game or our, or our quote unquote conquest, but men feel that it is unmanlike to talk about their fears, their doubts, their insecurities, and especially our lack of preparation for fatherhood. Things like having not been fathered, or even having had an absent father. 
And, and there is a difference because sometimes daddy is in the home, but he, he did not know how to father. And then many times there was no daddy in the home. And, and, and the reality is that uh, every father needs a mentor. Every father needs someone to take him by the hand and to walk with him, talk with him, and, 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 and share with him how to be both a, a man and a father. Our, our nation and our community is suffering from father absence, mm -hmm. father wound, father deficit, father hunger. Uh, and, and as a result, uh, we struggle as fathers. But today, men, I want to tell you that God has given us a word through Brother Paul that is going to bless your life, equip you and me so that we are well established for the call of fatherhood. I don't know if you heard that, but I said for the call of fatherhood. It's easy to be a father. Uh, it doesn't take a, much of a commitment to be a father. But the reality is that God never intended for us to just father babies. He wants us to be daddies as well as fathers. And so in our text today, Paul is helping us to recognize that if we follow the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. we will realize that fatherhood is actually a calling that can only be successful through a vibrant, living prayer life, which is one of the secrets of the power of fatherhood. And since we're going to be talking about the secret of the father of the power of fatherhood, I, I believe we ought to examine the verses at, uh, a little bit more carefully. So let's look at Philippians 4 and 6. It starts out by saying, be careful for nothing. Mm. Then it says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Mm. I, I can tell you that uh, I was a young father <laughs> and, and I was fathered. And I had a grandfather that was very much involved in my life. Uh, I got to observe how they did what they did. But I cannot tell you that they always talked to me directly about fatherhood. What I learned was from observation. There are many young men who are fathers who never had a father to observe. And, and, and so sometimes you can learn by observation. Sometimes you learn on the run. You learn by trial and error. But one of the things that Paul is saying to us today is that uh, although many of us came into fatherhood and although we did not talk about it, don't want to talk about it, uh, some of you might get disturbed that I'm talking about it right now. But the reality is that fatherhood makes most men uh, uh, uncomfortable comfortable, if you will. Uh, when he said be anxious for nothing, that was not blind speaking on the part of Paul. The reality is that many of us come into fatherhood with anxieties, insecurities, 
fears and doubts. Even if we don't tell anybody, mm -hmm. we want to act like we're big and strong. I want to tell you that uh, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not necessarily the picture of fatherhood. He's a powerful looking man and all of us want to think that we're powerful. But don't go by the external. I, I had a couple of uncles who were not tall men in stature, not big men in size, but I can tell you observing them as fathers blessed my life. Now, my daddy wasn't a little guy. My granddad was a great big guy. Uh, good men. But uh, uh, you can't judge the man by his size and definitely don't go by his talk. You've got to judge the man by his action. And most of us do not know what to do. But Paul said, be anxious for nothing. In other words, because we have the call to fatherhood, Paul is introducing us to the one who will be our mentor, the one who will come alongside and walk with us, talk with us, guide us, instruct us, and help us so that we can be successful in the calling of fatherhood. Let, let me say it this way. One of the most meaningful relationships that any person, but particularly father, is that relationship where we have that mentor whose name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who has given us the call of fatherhood. And whatever God makes available to us, he also equips us, not so that we can stumble our way through, but that we can successfully navigate with his leadership and his help all the way through. In other words, I'm saying to you that God has a purpose for fathers, but without a mentor walking next to us to give us support and guidance every step of the way. We stumble, we live in fear, we live in anxiety. And very often, I, I, many fathers that I talk to will tell you, uh, if you can get them to break down and be honest, that they feel more unsuccessful as fathers than they do feel as a success. And, and the reality is, it's impossible to be successful without the mentorship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, uh, as he was writing the letter to the Philippian church, he, he recognized that he was sharing with them uh, that it was important that everything that they do, they do it by prayer and supplication. So daddy, Part of the secret to fatherhood is not in how big and strong you are, not in how loud you can talk, not in whether you can pull rank as the man in the house or uh, uh, with your wife or your baby's mama. None of that makes us a man. What makes us a man is our vertical alignment. Yes. What makes us a man is when we recognize that Fatherhood is a futile effort unless we are in vertical alignment with the one who created us 
and gave us the call to fatherhood. So Paul said that we are to do everything by prayer and supplication. What, what is he talking about? He's telling us that uh, even when I went to my daddy, uh, there were some things he could not tell me, not because he didn't want to, but he was a man. God knows everything. My dad was, as a man, had limited knowledge as he was a jack of all trades and I reverenced him. But I realized that my dad had shortcomings just like I do. And the only one that can never fail, the only one that holds all the answers is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul was saying that if we take our concerns, if we, instead of just doing something, instead of just starting something, before we begin anything, we ought to make a telephone call to daddy. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. Lord, I need your help. Lord, before I say a word to my wife this morning, before I speak to the mother of my child this morning, before I speak to my child this morning, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm saying. I don't like what I heard, but I know that you have an answer for me. So before I open my mouth and make a mess of the situation, I call upon you for instruction. Uh, family, the, the Paul was letting us know that God will help us to navigate our way to successful fatherhood. So he said uh, in, in the verse, he said to do everything by prayer and supplication. Uh, he was arranging our call to fatherhood mm. so that we would be able to be successful. Uh, what that means, family, is this. As a father, we are called to be entirely dependent upon the Lord. Let me give you a, a picture of what happens if we're not. Things happen. An uh, 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 African uh, writer uh, wrote a book years ago that I, I remember reading in college called Things Fall Apart. And the reality is, as long as you are human, you're going to have experiences where it seems like things are falling apart. Uh, in fact, if you don't have that experience, you cannot mature. So things will fall apart. We just finished a four-part series on what to do when the bottom falls out. Uh, let me tell you, things do fall apart. However, there is no failure in God. So the, the father who recognizes that he needs God in the morning, he needs God at the noonday and in the evening, and who is willing to begin with God and spend the day with God, not just talking, but listening to what the Lord has to say to him in the word of God, reading the word throughout the day so that his mind is being filled, his heart is being renewed so that the voice and the, and the mind of Christ is overtaking our mind, our heart, and our spirit. And, and what happens is the call of God to be a father becomes less fearful, less intimidating. And we find ourselves living in a privileged place 
where we are able to be honored as Father because of the honor that comes to us because we have depended upon the Lord. In, in other words, family, I'm, I'm saying to you that to every dad who recognizes that he cannot be successful in his fatherhood except that he depends upon the Lord would discover that when things fall apart, that the Lord Jesus Christ will be streams in the desert just for you. You could be uh, just about dry, just about run out, don't have a clue what to do. But when you call on him, suddenly it's like being in that dry parched land and suddenly realizing there's a beautiful fill to the brim stream running through. And it is nothing more than the power, the presence, and the, the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost through the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, y'all, I'm saying that you're called to daddyhood. And you notice that I changed the word there. I didn't say fatherhood. I said daddyhood because anybody can be a father. But daddyhood means that you are engaged. You are there. You're, you're not just present, but you are involved talking and teaching and equipping and, and showing the way. That's daddyhood. And, and daddyhood automatically requires that you have to have a vibrant, active prayer life and relationship with your Heavenly Father. So how does God view your prayer relationship with him? I, I want to ask you that because if, we, if we're going to be successful fathers, I'm not asking you how do you view your prayer relationship with God. I want you to answer how does God view your prayer relationship with him? Because the truth of the matter is, even as a pastor, I would love to tell you that I've always had a great prayer relationship with God. But I must confess that along the way, I have heard the Lord say to me, Thomas, shut your mouth. I cannot get my word in because you're so busy talking. I'm not telling you God didn't say bring your request. Paul said, make your requests known to God. But please remember, Daddy, that prayer is dialogical. Please remember that Dialogue, dialogue means that it is a conversation between two or more people. As much as you have to say to God, God has that much and even more that he wants to say to you. Amen. So to be effective, Daddy, sometimes after we tell him our request, we need to zip it and open this so that we can really receive what God has to say to us because he's inviting us to have total dependence in our relationship with him through prayer and supplication. So I need to break that down for you. Prayer and supplication are similar but distinct. And I just talked about it. Prayer is a broader word that can mean all of our communication with God. But supplication is a little bit different because I said a moment ago, God wants to hear your prayer request 
And, and supplication is just that. It's when we directly ask God to do something. Uh, in that context, God is reminding that not only does he want to be there for us, but in order for our daddyhood to be successful, we need to acknowledge that we need his help. So make your request known to him. That's your supplication. That's more than prayer, but that's positioning. You told him, now you're listening. And that begins to lay the foundation for a vibrant, active prayer relationship with your Heavenly Father. Family, this is another of the secret powers of fatherhood. That vibrant, active prayer relationship with your father. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, again, I believe that God is inviting all of us. But today, I particularly want to say that this applies to daddies. He is very simply saying uh, clearly to you and me, father, daddy, God wants you to know that you are not left on your own. In fact, you've got the most powerful backup that anyone could ever want but it starts with your intimate relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Listen, put your hand to your ear, Daddy. I want you to hear it. God, it, it, he's not always screaming this to you, but what he is saying to you is, if you lean on me, I got you. Isn't that comforting? Doesn't that make you feel powerful? Doesn't that give you encouragement to know that, uh, yes, you might have felt insecure, you might not have known what to do, but God is saying, because you have put yourself under my influence and you're gonna rely and depend totally upon me, I've got you. Why? Because you have an intimate prayer life with God. Then in Philippians 4 and 6, he, he gave another part to that. He said, with thanksgiving. And I've got to talk about that for a moment because I, I, I'm, I'm talking to men and daddies all the time. And one of the things that men, daddies, we never want to be known for. We never want to be known as whiners or complainers. We don't want, we, we're already concerned and fearful about acknowledging that we don't know what to do sometime or we feel inadequate in what we're doing. Uh, but what we ought to be more concerned about is that if we're not careful, we could easily be complainers or whiners. So when Paul said with thanksgiving, let me tell you what Paul was really saying. Thanksgiving guards against whining. Thanksgiving guards against complaining. Uh, it, 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 it's uh, uh, when we make our requests known to God, not only does it keep us from being anxious, but uh, with thanksgiving and guarding against thanks, whining and complaining is a military expression. It means that now you are guarded, you are protected, you have the the mighty presence, power, and arms of God all around you. You've taken your concern to him. You've opened your ears and your heart to him. 
And, and as a result of this intimate relationship, you wouldn't dare think of complaining or whining about your condition or your position as a father. Why? Because you've got Big Daddy himself giving you instruction, wrapping his arm around you. And, and when you're in God's arms, there's no reason to complain or whine. He's better than the most powerful fort that you've ever imagined. And that fort will sustain you, make you powerful, and bring you to victory. That's verse 6. Let's look at verse 7. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, as daddies, one thing that I have learned across the years, every man I know has at some time or another said to me, I am, I'm, I, I can't find peace. I am struggling to find peace. And, and God is saying, when there is an absence of peace, it is simply because there is not enough presence of God in your mind, your heart, and your spirit. The Bible describes three amazing aspects of peace that relates to God. So let's talk about that because that is God wants us to be at peace. The first peace is the peace of God. I know you've heard that spoken of. Paul continually used this as an introduction to his leaders. But the peace of God reminds us that our peace comes to us as a gift from God. You can't find peace trying to do it on your own. The harder you try, the, the behinder you discover you get. You can't make it without him. But when you lean on him, there's a peace that comes to us as a gift from God. The second piece, now write this down. You have peace from God. The second piece is peace with God. What does that mean? This describes a relationship that we enter into with God through the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus died on Calvary's cross for us, we don't have to carry our burden even of sin any longer. He died for us as sinners. And he is saying to us that we have peace with God through Christ who gave his life on Calvary's cross. And as long as you remember that and hold on to that, you will have peace with God. So what is the third peace? It's called the peace of God. So we have what? The peace from God, peace with God, and we have the peace of God. All of this is found in Philippians 4 and 7. Uh, it's beyond all mind. Anything that we could think of, uh, our mind is flushed, our old mind is flushed away and replaced with the mind of Christ Jesus. It is be, the mind that is beyond our power of thinking. Lord knows I have spent many, too many years 
trying to figure it out, trying to understand it without looking under Jesus. And sometimes I got it almost right. But if I am honest with you, I never got it fully correct, except when I turned it over to the Lord. And then I got the peace of God that passed all understanding. Why? Because when God's involved, just like we learned last week with Jehoshaphat, and those folk went up in the mountain, and instead of using the traditional human weapons, they used the weapon of worship and praise, and those three armies defeated themselves in the valley. God's people only lifted a hand to worship, but did not have to fight. And, and you remember the prophet said, the battle's not yours, but the Lord's. That's the peace of God. It's peace that passes all understanding. So what is God's peace? Well, uh, Dr. Charles Hyden Spurgeon articulated it this way. He says, God's peace is the unruffled serenity of the infinity loving, gracious, merciful, and victorious God, the eternal composure of the absolutely well-contented God. Man, when you got a relationship with a God who is like that, you can't help but find yourself living like that yourself. God drawing you to him, his own bosom, putting you under the wing like a mother hen, drawing you close, protecting you from the storm, whispering in your ear, I am with you, I am for you. I did not call you to fatherhood to abandon you. As long as you lean upon me, as long as you call upon me, as long as you let me be God in your life, I got your backup. And so that is the peace that surpasses all understanding. That, that peace doesn't just surpass our understanding, but it guards our heart and our mind so that we are not stuck on the things that have us upset, confused, lost, or turning and spinning around as if we have no idea what to do. God's arms and his mind and heart brings peace that passes all understanding. Let's drop down to verse eight, and then we can get ready to, to close out. Listen to verse eight very carefully. Paul says in verse eight, I, I love the way he starts it. He says, finally, in other words, he's about to wrap up now uh, the things that can give us great joy as daddies. He's about to put the, 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 the icing on the cake, if you will. He said, finally, brethren, come on, brothers, come on, daddies. Finally, uh, this is what you do. Whatsoever things are true, think on those things. Don't stop listening to the media. Stop listening to your social media. Stop listening to the brother on the corner. Stop listening to your boys who uh, don't have it right themselves and you're going to them for advice. Whatsoever things are true, whatever is true comes from the mind and heart of God, not from your boy on the corner. Then he said, whatsoever things are noble. Let me tell you, uh, we can walk around acting big and bad prancing like a, 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 a rooster, 
among the chickens on the farm. But that does not make us noble. Our nobility is not in how, our, how we dress, the house we live in, the car we drive, but it is in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just. Let me, let me just uh, uh, put a pen there for just a moment. Uh, I, I, I am proud of what I see many of our young people doing as they're marching for justice in the streets. But one of the key things that will bring justice in our land is not many of the things that we hear being articulated through the media, but it is what is being articulated through the word of God. When daddy turns his mind to Christ, he discovers that the justice of God supersedes every form of justice that the world or our political leaders or anybody else around us could ever suggest. For as right as, as the, the uh, a DA was in Atlanta the other day, there is got to be something there that probably doesn't match up with God's justice. And, 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 and I'm praying for him and I take my hat off to him. I know he was making an honest effort, but there is only one justice that can bring righteousness into the land. And that is the justice that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Come on, somebody. Y'all know that uh, many of us have spent some time in the gutter. Now, don't get upset with me telling the truth. You know where your mind has been. You know where your habits have been. You know where your attitude has been. You know where your lifestyle has been. You know where you might be right now, but Paul said, whatsoever things are pure, think on these things. Whatsoever things are lovely. Let me tell you a little secret. Lovely now does not look like what I thought lovely was 35, 40, and 50 years ago. I've got a new view of lovely, and I love the new view of lovely because it enables me to have a mind that does not have me to look over my shoulder and, and wonder what God is thinking about what I'm thinking or what God is thinking about what I'm doing. Lovely is a new kind of lovely. And, and I want to say to you, Paul said, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. Let me tell you something. My, my, my word cannot give you all that you need unless it is coming directly yes. from the heart of God. Yes. So I want you to have and think on what is of a good report. Mm. If I bring it to you, match it to the word of God. Mm. If it doesn't match the word of God, then yeah. my report might sound good, but until it matches God's word. It's not a good report. So what did I say to you? Whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be, if there is anything praiseworthy, mm -hmm. meditate on these things. Mm 
Don't miss the importance of where God says we ought to put our thoughts, y'all. He said our thoughts ought to be on the noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praiseworthy. Paul is reminding us that these represent the fruit and the food of the mind that is guarded by the peace of God. My God. I, I, I know, I've been there, I understand that it's, it, fatherhood sometimes makes you feel insecure. Fatherhood have you crawling on hands and knees looking for peace. Fatherhood can keep you up all night long looking for peace. Fatherhood, when your children are out, can have you pacing the floor looking for peace. But I've discovered that the greatest peace comes from my knees up. As I get on my knees and look unto the heavens and allow God to fill my mind with his word, that's where peace comes from. So, Excuse me. So Paul is reminding us that these represent the fruit and the food of the mind that is guarded by the peace of God. When we put these good things into our mind, our mind stays on the thoughts of God. These thoughts are to guide and direct our lives and our decisions. Listen, as I get ready to close out to you, Paul didn't pull any punches. And I might have upset a few folk, but I believe for every daddy who paid attention, you have begun to get a a, a vision of the secret of the power of fatherhood. And if you're getting that vision, you can move from insecurity and doubt and fear and and wondering how you're going to make it into a position of victory as a daddy in your child's life. He instructs that if we want peace of mind, then we must meditate on these things. Much of our Christian life comes down to the mind, brothers. It comes down to the mind, brothers. It comes down to what we think, how we think, and what is feeding our mind. Romans 12 and 2 speaks to the essential place of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians 10 and 5 speaks of the importance of casting down arguments and every hard thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. In other words, Daddy, what we choose to meditate on matters absolutely to God. So if you want to move from just being father to being Daddy, uh, the, the secret power of your fatherhood is connected to your prayer life and your intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. The secret power to your fatherhood is finding peace of mind because your mind has been transformed and renewed by the word of God. The secret power to your fatherhood comes by putting yourself in a position that every thought 
habit, yes. lifestyle, mm -hmm. and value has been brought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. I'm talking today to a whole group of men and women who, if you want to know the secret to being powerful and successful as a daddy or as a believer, your prayer life, your intimacy with Christ, your peace of mind, all comes because you have allowed him to transform and renew your mind and bring every thought and vain imagination into captivity to the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Family, I bless God for each and every one of you today. That is the secret power of fatherhood. I pray that you are taking notes. Uh, you can go back uh, after approximately an hour. This video will be on the River of Life Christian Center Upper Marlboro Facebook page. You can view it there. After approximately an hour, it will also be on the podcast on Spotify and Anchor. You can listen to it there. Um, we invite you to join us tomorrow evening for Bible study and prayer beginning at 7.30. We pray from 7.30 to 8, teach from 8 to 8.30. Then you have an opportunity to give us your feedback from 8.30 until 9. That's every Monday and Tuesday evening at uh, on our um, uh, free conference call line. That telephone number is 712-770-5044. The access code is 778129. Please join us. Now, before we get ready to close, I want to give an invitation to salvation. You may be listening in, watching in, a part of what we have shared today. And the word of God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has reached you at a place where you realize that in order to grow into the place where God wants you to be, you need an intimate, personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to join me as we pray. Uh, this prayer is in three parts. The first part is if you know, if you're not sure where you will spend eternity, if you were to die today, that means you need salvation. The second part, you may have confessed Christ as Lord of your life, but you know that you have been struggling in remaining faithful in your walk. And we're inviting you to recommit your life to Christ with us. The third invitation is an invitation to church membership. If you do not have a church home and you're in the metropolitan DC or Baltimore area, we invite you to, to join us at River of Life. We're, we're not meeting there yet, but um, you can call on the number that I just gave you and say that I've just confessed Christ. What is my next step? I just recommitted my life to Christ. What is my next step? I want to be associated with River of Life. What is my next step? As soon as I give the benediction, feel free to call in. If you have a prayer request, 
call that number or go to the River of Life Christian Center phone, uh, River of Life Christian Center Facebook page, and you can leave your prayer request on that page. Again, the number is 712-770-5044, access code 778129. Please bow your heads with me. Father, I come before you today acknowledging that I am a sinner. I recognize, God, that I have tried to live my life without you, but I realize that uh, so many things about my life have been overwhelming, overpowering. Mm -hmm. I have felt helpless at times. I have felt aimless at times. Mm -hmm. I have felt uh, so overwhelmed that I just did not know whether to turn to my left or to my right. God, I've been stuck in my tracks in the mud sometime because I just did not know which way to go. But this morning, I hear you making an invitation. You are, are, are saying to me, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And so, God, this morning, I pray along with the preacher. And I acknowledge with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and that you, God, have raised him from the dead. And you said, God, in your word that, that all that call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus Christ and that God has raised him from the dead, that we shall be saved. So God, I'm bringing that prayer before you today. I confess that I'm a sinner. I need to be washed by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. I, I, I recognize that I need you now more than ever before. Mm. And so I'm coming to you and, and, and throwing myself at your mercy, asking you to heal me, deliver me, and save me that I might have a life eternal with you and your son, Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for every person who has articulated that prayer with me. Lord, for those who are in uh, search of a church home, we lift them up to you this morning. And God, as we continue to pray, we pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are experiencing relationship challenges. We pray for the leaders of our land, we pray for our, 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 the movement that is in the streets right now. Lord, we know that there are so many people, especially our young folk, who are, are looking to reverse the curse that has been upon this land. Mm. God, we, we know that this curse was a curse that, that did not come from you, but it came from people who thought that it was more about them than it was about you. But God, we reverse that curse, the racism curse, the, the, the racialism curse, the selfishness curse, the it's all about me curse. There, there are so many curses that are upon this land because people have rejected you uh, uh, from the, the Supreme Court to the legislators, to the executive branch, to the, uh, elected leaders all around the land. They believe that they are more important than you, but God, we place every one of them under your authority. And we pray your righteousness overtakes this land. We pray that the land, this land 
would be a land that becomes a, a land that is truly dedicated to the mind, heart, and purposes of you through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we believe that as we pray, even now, there are pastors gathering in D.C. to pray for this land. We pray for them and for everyone that is gathering with them. We ask you to, to bring a special anointing that there will be a breakthrough in the land. Lord, we, we, we're not looking now to have it our way, but we want to have it your way. God, I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl who have tuned in today. I might not have articulated their need, but you know what it is. And so, God, I lift up every need, every prayer concern, every issue that is in the heart, mind, and, and, and need of your people today. And we ask you to help them to feel the power of your presence and the overwhelming presence of your Holy Spirit, that they will find victory as they acknowledge your presence. And God, we bless on and thank you for this right now. We give you praise. Uh, I, I pray for the fatherless. I, I especially acknowledge that there are many today who, whose fathers have come to glory. They're feeling the pain of the loss of dad. And Lord, I, I just ask you to envelop them in your arms of love. Help them to know that you are with them and that you are for them. Uh, and Lord, I pray for parents who have lost children, uh, fathers in particular today. Lord, uh, it's hard to talk about a, a, a parent losing a child because that's not what we consider the natural order. But God, I lift those parents to you who have lost children. And I ask you to make your presence so real to them that they are encouraged, strengthened, and empowered to go on knowing that you are walking with them and that you, when you said that you will never leave them nor forsake them, that they will be confident as they feel your walking presence with them all the way through life's journey. God, we honor you, we thank you, and we bless you for this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let, let's look to the Lord for the benediction. And again, I just want to remind you, uh, you can feel free to call in and the numbers that I've given you, uh, or you can reach us at our Facebook uh, at a uh, River of Life Christian Center at Upper Marlboro Facebook page and leave a request. Uh, as I close out, I want to remind you again, my name is Pastor Thomas Rich. My wife is co-pastor Joanne Rich. Uh, right here with me is my grandson who uh, helped fix an awesome breakfast for my father's day today, uh, Shango. And, and we love you. We appreciate you. We're the pastors of River of Life Christian Center and Upper Marlboro, Maryland. God bless you, family. Uh, let's pray. Now may the...
God who is the God of all peace, that peace that passes all understanding, be with you both now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And amen. God bless you, family. We love you and appreciate you. We're going to get ready for our Father's Day teaching. And you might want to write down the, the subject that we're going to share with you this morning. Um, I think the teaching that we're going to share this morning is going to bless many people's lives. We're going to be sharing this morning from the thought, the secret power of fatherhood. The secret power of fatherhood. And it is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6, 7, and 8. I'm going to read that to you. Chapter 6 from Philippians 4 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And then verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's where we're going to be teaching from this morning. I believe we can do that in a, a short period of time, but I want you to do something with me. If there's someone else in the room with you right now, I want you to look at them. And if you're by yourself, repeat this with me out loud to the other person with you. Or if you're by yourself, repeat it out loud so that you can hear yourself say this. To know the Father, to know the Father is the manual, is the manual to, the Father. to the Father. Let me say that again. To know the Father. To know the Father is the manual, is the manual to, the fa to fatherhood. To fatherhood. Amen. 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 Fathers, bear with me for a moment. I, I'm going to start in a tough place, but we're only going to be there for a moment. And we're on our way to some truly exciting news for fathers. Uh, let, let me start here. One of the most untalked about and even unacknowledged areas of need among men and fathers is the fact that men, and especially fathers, rarely acknowledge or talk about how inadequate they feel as they become either husbands or fathers or both. As men, we got to acknowledge the fact that we're uncomfortable talking about, we're very comfortable talking about the game or our, or our quote unquote conquest, but men feel that it is unmanlike 
to talk about their fears, their doubts, their insecurities, and especially our lack of preparation for fatherhood. Things like having not been fathered or even having had an absent father. And, and there is a difference because sometimes daddy is in the home, but he, he did not know how to father. And then many times there was no daddy in the home. And, and, and the reality is that uh, every father needs a mentor. Every father needs someone to take him by the hand and to walk with him, talk with him, and, 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 and share with him how to be both a, a man and a father. Our, our nation and our community is suffering from father absence, mm -hmm. father wound, father deficit, father hunger. Uh, and, and as a result, uh, we struggle as fathers. But today, men, I want to tell you that God has given us a word through Brother Paul that is going to bless your life, equip you and me so that we are well established for the call of fatherhood. I don't know if you heard that, but I said for the call of fatherhood. It's easy to be a father. Uh, it doesn't take a much of a commitment to be a father. But the reality is that God never intended for us to just father babies. He wants us to be daddies as well as fathers. And so in our text today, Paul is helping us to recognize that if we follow the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. we will realize that fatherhood is actually a calling that can only be successful through a vibrant living prayer life, which is one of the secrets of the power of fatherhood. And since we're going to be talking about the secret of the father of the power of fatherhood, I, I believe we ought to examine the verses at, uh, a little bit more carefully. So let's look at Philippians 4 and 6. It starts out by saying, be careful for nothing. Mm. Then it says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Mm. I, I can tell you that uh, I was a young father <laughs> and, and I was fathered. And I had a grandfather that was very much involved in my life. Uh, I got to observe how they did what they did. But I cannot tell you that they always talked to me directly about fatherhood. What I learned was from observation. There are many young men who are fathers who never had a father to observe. And, and, and so sometimes you can learn by observation. Sometimes you learn on the run. You learn by trial and error. But one of the things that Paul is saying to us today is that uh, although many of us came into fatherhood and although we did not talk about it, don't want to talk about it, uh, mm -hmm. some of you might get disturbed that I'm talking about it right now. Mm -hmm. 
But the reality is that fatherhood makes most men uh, uh, uncomfortable, if you will. Uh, when he said be anxious for nothing, that was not blind speaking on the part of Paul. The reality is that many of us come into fatherhood with anxieties, insecurities, fears, and doubts. Even if we don't tell anybody, mm -hmm. we want to act like we're big and strong. I want to tell you that uh, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is not necessarily the picture of fatherhood. He's a powerful looking man and all of us want to think that we're powerful. But don't go by the external. I, I had a couple of uncles who were not tall men in stature, not big men in size, but I can tell you observing them as fathers blessed my life. Now, my daddy wasn't a little guy. My granddad was a great big guy. Uh, good men. But uh, uh, you can't judge the man by his size and definitely don't go by his talk. You've got to judge the man by his action. And most of us do not know what to do. But Paul said, be anxious for nothing. In other words, because we have the call to fatherhood, Paul is introducing us to the one who will be our mentor, the one who will come alongside and walk with us, talk with us, guide us, instruct us, and help us so that we can be successful in the calling of fatherhood. Let, let me say it this way. One of the most meaningful relationships that any person, but particularly father, is that relationship where we have that mentor whose name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who has given us the call of fatherhood. And whatever God makes available to us, he also equips us not so that we can stumble our way through, but that we can successfully navigate with his leadership and his help all the way through. In other words, I'm saying to you that God has a purpose for fathers, but without a mentor walking next to us to give us support and guidance every step of the way, we stumble, we live in fear, we live in anxiety, and very often, I, I, many fathers that I talk to will tell you, uh, if you can get them to break down and be honest, that they feel more unsuccessful as fathers than they do feel as a success. And, and the reality is, it's impossible to be successful without the mentorship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, uh, as he was writing the letter to the Philippian church, he, he recognized that he was sharing with them uh, that it was important that everything that they do, they do it by prayer and supplication. So daddy, part of the secret to fatherhood is not in how big and strong you are, not in how loud you can talk, not in whether you can pull rank as the man in the house 
or uh, uh, with your wife or your baby's mama. None of that makes us a man. What makes us a man is our vertical alignment. Yes. What makes us a man is when we recognize that fatherhood is a futile effort unless we are in vertical alignment with the one who created us and gave us the call to fatherhood. So Paul said that we are to do everything by prayer and supplication. Well, what is he talking about? He's telling us that uh, even when I went to my daddy, uh, there were some things he could not tell me, not because he didn't want to, but he was a man. God knows everything. My dad was, as a man, had limited knowledge as he was a jack of all trades and I reverenced him. But I realized that my dad had shortcomings just like I do. And the only one that can never fail, the only one that holds all the answers is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul was saying that if we take our concerns, if we instead of just doing something, instead of just starting something, before we begin anything, we ought to make a telephone call to daddy. Father, I stretch my hands to thee. Lord, I need your help. Lord, before I say a word to my wife this morning, before I speak to the mother of my child this morning, before I speak to my child this morning, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm saying. I don't like what I heard, but I know that you have an answer for me. So before I open my mouth and make a mess of the situation, I call upon you for instruction. Uh, family, the, the Paul was letting us know that God will help us to navigate our way to successful fatherhood. So he said uh, in, in the verse, he said to do everything by prayer and supplication. Uh, he was arranging our call to fatherhood uh, so that we would be able to be successful. Uh, what that means, family, is this. As a father, we are called to be entirely dependent upon the Lord. Let me give you a, a picture of what happens if we're not. Things happen. An uh, 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 African uh, writer uh, wrote a book years ago that I, I remember reading in college called Things Fall Apart. And the reality is, as long as you are human, you're going to have experiences where it seems like things are falling apart. Uh, in fact, if you don't have that experience, you cannot mature. So things will fall apart. We just finished a four-part series on what to do when the bottom falls out. Uh, let me tell you, things do fall apart. However, there is no failure in God. So the, the father who recognizes that he needs God in the morning, he needs God at the noonday and in the evening, and who is willing to begin with God and spend a day with God, not just talking, but listening to what the Lord has to say to him in the word of God, reading the word throughout the day so that his mind is being filled, his heart 
is being renewed so that the voice and the, and the mind of Christ is overtaking our mind, our heart, and our spirit. And, and what happens is the call of God to be a father becomes less fearful, less intimidating, and we find ourselves living in a privileged place where we are able to be honored as father because of the honor that comes to us because we have depended upon the Lord. In other words, family, I'm saying to you that to every dad who recognizes that he cannot be successful in his fatherhood except that he depends upon the Lord would discover that when things fall apart, that the Lord Jesus Christ will be streams in the desert just for you. You could be uh, just about dry, just about run out, don't have a clue what to do. But when you call on him, suddenly it's like being in that dry parched land and suddenly realizing there's a beautiful fill to the brim stream running through. And it is nothing more than the power, the presence, and the, the, the infilling of the Holy Ghost through the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, y'all, I'm saying that you're called to daddyhood. And you notice that I changed the word there. I didn't say fatherhood. I said daddyhood because anybody can be a father. But daddyhood means that you are engaged. You are there. You're, you're not just present, but you are involved talking and teaching and equipping and, and showing the way. That's daddyhood. And, and daddyhood automatically requires that you have to have a vibrant, active prayer life and relationship with your Heavenly Father. Amen. So how does God view your prayer relationship with him? I, I want to ask you that because if, we, if we're going to be successful fathers, I'm not asking you how do you view your prayer relationship with God. I want you to answer how does God view your prayer relationship with him? Because the truth of the matter is, even as a pastor, I would love to tell you that I've always had a great prayer relationship with God. But I must confess that along the way, I have heard the Lord say to me, Thomas, shut your mouth. I cannot get my word in because you're so busy talking. I'm not telling you God didn't say bring your request. Paul said, make your requests known to God. But please remember, Daddy, that prayer is dialogical. Please remember that Dialogue, dialogue means that it is a conversation between two or more people. As much as you have to say to God, God has that much and even more that he wants to say to you. Amen. So to be effective, Daddy, sometimes after we tell him our request, we need to zip it and open this so that we can really receive what God has to say to us because he's inviting us to have total dependence in our relationship with him through prayer and supplication. 
So I need to break that down for you. Prayer and supplication are similar but distinct. And I just talked about it. Prayer is a broader word that can mean all of our communication with God. But supplication is a little bit different because I said a moment ago, God wants to hear your prayer request. And, and supplication is just that. It's when we directly ask God to do something. Uh, in that context, God is reminding that not only does he want to be there for us, but in order for our daddyhood to be successful, we need to acknowledge that we need his help. So make your request known to him. That's your supplication. That's more than prayer, but that's positioning. You told him, now you're listening. Mm -hmm. And that begins to lay the foundation for a vibrant, active prayer relationship with your Heavenly Father. Family, this is another of the secret powers of fatherhood, that vibrant, active prayer relationship with your father. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, again, I believe that God is inviting all of us, but today I particularly want to say that this applies to daddies. He is very simply saying uh, clearly to you and me, father, daddy, God wants you to know that you are not left on your own. In fact, you've got the most powerful backup that anyone could ever want. But it starts with your intimate relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Listen, put your hand to your ear, Daddy. I want you to hear it. God, it, it, he's not always screaming this to you. But what he is saying to you is, if you lean on me, I got you. Isn't that comforting? Doesn't that make you feel powerful? Doesn't that give you encouragement to know that, uh, yes, you might have felt insecure. You might not have known what to do. But God is saying, because you have put yourself under my influence and you're going to rely and depend totally upon me, I've got you. Why? Because you have an intimate prayer life with God. Then in Philippians 4 and 6, he, he gave another part to that. He said, with thanksgiving. And I've got to talk about that for a moment because I, I, I'm, I'm talking to men and daddies all the time. And one of the things that men, daddies, we never want to be known for. We never want to be known as whiners or complainers. We don't want, we, we're already concerned and fearful about acknowledging that we don't know what to do sometime or we feel inadequate in what we're doing. Uh, but what we ought to be more concerned about is that if we're not careful, we could easily be complainers or whiners. So when Paul said with thanksgiving, let me tell you what Paul was really saying. Thanksgiving guards against whining. Thanksgiving guards against complaining. Uh, it, 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 it's uh, uh, when we make our requests known to God, not only does it keep us from being anxious, but uh, 
with thanksgiving and guarding against thanks, whining and complaining is a military expression. It means that now you are guarded, you are protected. You have the, the mighty presence, power, and arms of God all around you. You've taken your concern to him. You've opened your ears and your heart to him. And, and as a result of this intimate relationship, you wouldn't dare think of complaining or whining about your condition or your position as a father. Why? Because you've got big daddy himself giving you instruction, wrapping his arm around you. And, and when you're in God's arms, there's no reason to complain or whine. He's better than the most powerful fort that you've ever imagined. And that fort will sustain you, make you powerful, and bring you to victory. That's verse 6. Let's look at verse 7. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, as daddies, one thing that I have learned across the years Every man I know has at some time or another said to me, I, am, I'm, I, I can't find peace. I am struggling to find peace. And, and God is saying, when there is an absence of peace, it is simply because there is not enough presence of God in your mind, your heart, and your spirit. The Bible describes three amazing aspects of peace that relates to God. So let's talk about that because that is God wants us to be at peace. The first peace is the peace of God. I know you've heard that spoken of. Paul continually used this as an introduction to his leaders. But the peace of God reminds us that our peace comes to us as a gift from God. You can't find peace trying to do it on your own. The harder you try, the, the behinder you discover you get. You can't make it without him. But when you lean on him, there's a peace that comes to us as a gift from God. The second peace, now write this down. You have peace from God, the second piece is peace with God. What does that mean? This describes a relationship that we enter into with God through the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus died on Calvary's cross for us, we don't have to carry our burden even of sin any longer. He died for us as sinners. And he is saying to us that we have peace with God through Christ who gave his life on Calvary's cross. And as long as you remember that and hold on to that, you will have peace with God. So what is the third peace? It's called the peace of God. So we have what? The peace from God peace with God, and we have the peace of God. All of this is found in Philippians 4 and 7. 
Uh, it's beyond all mind. Anything that we could think of, uh, our mind is flushed, our old mind is flushed away and replaced with the mind of Christ Jesus. It is be, the mind that is beyond our power of thinking. Lord knows I have spent many, too many years trying to figure it out, trying to understand it without looking under Jesus. And sometimes I got it almost right. But if I am honest with you, I never got it fully correct, except when I turned it over to the Lord. And then I got the peace of God that passed all understanding. Why? Because when God's involved, just like we learned last week with Jehoshaphat, and those folk went up in the mountain, and instead of using the traditional human weapons, they used the weapon of worship and praise, and those three armies defeated themselves in the valley. God's people only lifted a hand to worship, but did not have to fight. And, and you remember the prophet said, the battle's not yours, but the Lord's. That's the peace of God. It's peace that passes all understanding. So what is God's peace? Well, uh, Dr. Charles Hyden Spurgeon articulated it this way. He says, God's peace is the unruffled serenity of the infinity loving, gracious, merciful, and victorious God, the eternal composure of the absolutely well-contented God. Man, when you got a relationship with a God who is like that, you can't help but find yourself living like that yourself. God drawing you to him, his own bosom, putting you under the wing like a mother hen, drawing you close, protecting you from the storm, whispering in your ear, I am with you, I am for you. I did not call you to fatherhood to abandon you. As long as you lean upon me, as long as you call upon me, as long as you let me be God in your life, i got your backup. And so that is the peace that surpasses all understanding. That, that peace doesn't just surpass our understanding, but it guards our heart and our mind so that we are not stuck on the things that have us upset, confused, lost, or turning and spinning around as if we have no idea what to do. God's arms and his mind and heart brings peace that passes all understanding. Let's drop down to verse eight, and then we can get ready to, to close out. Listen to verse eight very carefully. Paul says in verse eight, I, I love the way he starts it. He says, finally, in other words, he's about to wrap up now uh, the things that can give us great joy as daddies. He's about to put the, 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 the icing on the cake, if you will. He said, finally, brethren, come on, brothers, come on, daddies. Finally, uh, this is what you do. Whatsoever things are true, think on those things. Don't stop listening to the media. Stop listening to your social media. Stop listening to the brother on the corner. Stop listening to your boys who uh, don't have it right themselves 
and you're going to them for advice. Whatsoever things are true, whatever is true comes from the mind and heart of God, not from your boy on the corner. Then he said, whatsoever things are noble. Let me tell you, uh, we can walk around acting big and bad, prancing like a, 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 a rooster among the chickens on the farm. But that does not make us noble. Our nobility is not in how, our, how we dress, the house we live in, the car we drive, but it is in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just. Let me, let me just uh, I'll put a pen there for just a moment. Uh, I, I, I am proud of what I see many of our young people doing as they're marching for justice in the streets. But one of the key things that will bring justice in our land is not many of the things that we hear being articulated through the media, but it is what is being articulated through the word of God. When daddy turns his mind to Christ, he discovers that the justice of God supersedes every form of justice that the world or our political leaders or anybody else around us could ever suggest. For as right as, as the, the uh, a DA was in Atlanta the other day, there has got to be something there that probably doesn't match up with God's justice. And, 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 and I'm praying for him and I take my hat off to him. I know he was making an honest effort, but there is only one justice that can bring righteousness into the land. And that is the justice that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Come on, somebody. Y'all know that uh, many of us have spent some time in the gutter. Now, don't get upset with me telling the truth. You know where your mind has been. You know where your habits have been. You know where your attitude have been. You know where your lifestyle has been. You know where you might be right now. But Paul said, whatsoever things are pure, think on these things. Whatsoever things are lovely. Let me tell you a little secret. Lovely now does not look like what I thought lovely was 35, 40, and 50 years ago. I've got a new view of lovely. And I love the new view of lovely because it enables me to have a mind that does not have me to look over my shoulder and, and wonder what God is thinking about what I'm thinking or what God is thinking about what I'm doing. Lovely is a new kind of lovely. And, and I want to say to you, Paul said, whatsoever things are lovely whatsoever things are of a good report. Let me tell you something. My, my, my word cannot give you all that you need unless it is coming directly yeah. from the heart of God. Yeah. So I want you to have and think on what is of a good report. Mm. If I bring it to you, match it to the word of God. Mm. If it doesn't match the word of God, then my report might sound good, but until it matches God's word, it's not a good report. 
So what did I say to you? Whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there, be, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Yeah. Don't miss the importance of where God says we ought to put our thoughts, y'all. He said our thoughts ought to be on the noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, yes. virtue, mm. praiseworthy. Paul is reminding us that these represent the fruit and the food of the mind that is guarded by the peace of God. My God. I, hey, I, I know, I've been there, I understand that it's, it, fatherhood sometimes makes you feel insecure. Fatherhood have you crawling on hands and knees looking for peace. Fatherhood can keep you up all night long looking for peace. Fatherhood, when your children are out, can have you pacing the floor looking for peace. But I've discovered that the greatest peace comes from my knees up. As I get on my knees and look unto the heavens and allow God to fill my mind with his word. That's where peace comes yes, from. Yes. So, excuse me. So Paul is reminding us that these represent the fruit and the food of the mind that is guarded by the peace of God. When we put these good things into our mind, our mind stays on the thoughts of God. These thoughts are to guide and direct our lives and our decisions. Listen, as I get ready to close out to you, Paul didn't pull any punches. And I might have upset a few folk, but I believe for every daddy who paid attention, you have begun to get a, 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 a vision of the secret of the power of fatherhood. And if you're getting that vision, you can move from insecurity and doubt and fear and wondering how you're going to make it into a position of victory as a daddy in your child's life. He instructs that if we want peace of mind, then we must meditate on these things. Much of our Christian life comes down to the mind, brothers. It comes down to the mind, brothers. It comes down to what we think, how we think, and what is feeding our mind. Romans 12 and 2 speaks to the essential place of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. Second Corinthians 10 and 5 speaks of the importance of casting down arguments and every hard thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. In other words, Daddy, what we choose to meditate on matters absolutely to God. So if you want to move from just being father to being Daddy, uh, the, the secret power of your fatherhood is connected to your prayer life and your intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The secret power to your fatherhood is finding peace of mind because your mind has been transformed and renewed by the word of God. The secret power to your fatherhood comes by putting yourself in a position that every thought, habit, lifestyle, and value has been brought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. I'm talking today to a whole group of men and women who, if you want to know the secret to being powerful and successful as a daddy or as a believer, your prayer life, your intimacy with Christ, your peace of mind, all comes because you have allowed him to transform and renew your mind and bring every thought and vain imagination into captivity to the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Family, I bless God for each and every one of you today. That is the secret power of fatherhood. I pray that you are taking notes. Uh, You can go back uh, after approximately an hour. This video will be on the River of Life Christian Center Upper Marlboro Facebook page. You can view it there. After approximately an hour, it will also be on the podcast on Spotify and Anchor. You can listen to it there. Um, We invite you to join us tomorrow evening for Bible study and prayer beginning at 7.30. We pray from 7.30 to 8, teach from 8 to 8.30. Then you have an opportunity to give us your feedback from 8.30 until 9. That's every Monday and Tuesday evening at uh, on our um, uh, free conference call line. That telephone number is 712-770-5054. The access code is 778129. Please join us. Now, before we get ready to close, I want to give an invitation to salvation. You may be listening in, watching in, a part of what we have shared today. And the word of God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, has reached you at a place where you realize that in order to grow into the place where God wants you to be, you need an intimate, personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to join me as we pray. Uh, This prayer is in three parts. The first part is if you know, if you're not sure where you will spend eternity, if you were to die today, that means you need salvation. The second part, you may have confessed Christ as Lord of your life, but you know that you have been struggling in remaining faithful in your walk. And we're inviting you to recommit your life to Christ with us. The third invitation is an invitation to church membership. If you do not have a church home and you're in the metropolitan D.C. or Baltimore area, we invite you to to join us at River of Life. We're, We're not meeting there yet, 
but um, you can call on the number that I just gave you and say that I've just confessed Christ. What is my next step? I just recommitted my life to Christ. What is my next step? I want to be associated with River of Life. What is my next step? As soon as I give the benediction, feel free to call in. If you have a prayer request, call that number or go to the River of Life Christian Center phone, uh, River of Life Christian Center Facebook page, and you can leave your prayer request on that page. Again, the number is 712-770-5044. Access code 778129. Please bow your heads with me. Father, I come before you today acknowledging that I am a sinner. I recognize, God, that I have tried to live my life without you. But I realize that uh, so many things about my life have been overwhelming, overpowering. I have felt helpless at times. I have felt aimless at times. Yes. I have felt uh, so overwhelmed that I just did not know whether to turn to my left or to my right. God, I've been stuck in my tracks in the mud sometime because I just did not know which way to go. But this morning, I hear you making an invitation. You are, are, are saying to me, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And so God, this morning, I pray along with the preacher, and, and I acknowledge with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you, God, have raised him from the dead. And you said, God, in your word, that that all that call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. If we confess with our mouth mm. and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus Christ and that God has raised him from the dead, that we shall be saved. So God, I'm bringing that prayer before you today. I confess that I'm a sinner. I need to be washed by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. I, I, I recognize that I need you now more than ever before. Mm. And so I'm coming to you and, and, and throwing myself at your mercy, asking you to heal me, deliver me, and save me, that I might have a life eternal with you and your son, Jesus Christ. God, I, I thank you for every person who has articulated that prayer with me. Lord, for those who are in uh, search of a church home. We lift them up to you this morning. And God, as we continue to pray, we pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are experiencing relationship challenges. We pray for the leaders of our land. We pray for our, 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 the movement that is in the streets right now. Lord, we know that there are so many people, especially our young folk, who are looking to reverse the curse that has been upon this land. Mm. God, we, we know that this curse was a curse that, that did not come from you, but it came from people who thought that it was more about them than it was about you. But God, we reverse that curse, the racism curse, the, the, the racialism curse, the selfishness curse, the it's all about me curse. There are so many curses that are upon this land because people have rejected you 
uh, uh, from the, the Supreme Court to the legislators, to the executive branch, to the uh, elected leaders all around the land. They believe that they are more important than you. But God, we place every one of them under your authority. And we pray your righteousness overtakes this land. We pray that the land, this land would be a land that becomes a, a land that is truly dedicated to the mind, heart, and purposes of you through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we believe that as we pray, even now there are pastors gathering in D.C., to pray for this land. We pray for them and for everyone that is gathering with them. We ask you to, to bring a special anointing that there will be a breakthrough in the land. Lord, we, we, we're not looking now to have it our way, but we want to have it your way. God, I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl who have tuned in today. I might not have articulated their need, but you know what it is. And so God, I lift up every need, every prayer concern, every issue that is in the heart, mind, and, and, and need of your people today. And we ask you to help them to feel the power of your presence and the overwhelming presence of your Holy Spirit, that they will find victory as they acknowledge your presence. And God, we bless on and thank you for this right now. We give you praise. Uh, I, I pray for the fatherless. I, I especially acknowledge that there are many today who, whose fathers have come to glory. They're feeling the pain of the loss of dad. And Lord, I, I just ask you to envelop them in your arms of love. Help them to know that you are with them and that you are for them. Uh, and Lord, I pray for parents who have lost children, uh, fathers in particular today. Lord, uh, it's hard to talk about a, a, a parent losing a child because that's not what we consider the natural order. But God, I lift those parents to you who have lost children. And I ask you to make your presence so real to them that they are encouraged, strengthened, and empowered to go on knowing that you are walking with them. And that you, when you said that you will never leave them nor forsake them, that they will be confident as they feel your walking presence with them all the way through life's journey. God, we honor you, we thank you, and we bless you for this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let, let's look to the Lord for the benediction. And again, I just want to remind you, uh, you can feel free to call in and the numbers that I've given you, uh, or you can reach us at our Facebook, uh, at uh, uh, River of Life Christian Center at Upper Marlboro Facebook page and leave a request. Uh, as I close out, I wanna remind you again, my name is Pastor Thomas Rich. My wife is co-pastor Joanne Rich. 
Uh, right here with me is my grandson who uh, helped fix an awesome breakfast for my father's day today, uh, Shango. And, and we love you. We appreciate you. We're the pastors of River of Life Christian Center in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. God bless you, family. Uh, let's pray. Now may the God who is the God of all peace, that peace that passes all understanding, be with you both now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And amen. God bless you, family. We love you and appreciate you.